大家好，欢迎来到 Raise a Glass， 是一台讨论对我们很有影响的故事跟讲故事的人的播客节目。今天我们会讨论余华的《活着》。我叫丁浩 ，And I'm Eric Lintola。那讨论今天的话题以前。我得问 ，Eric， what's in your glass? <laughs> uh, I had opened this earlier. <laughs> I in fact have an Oktoberfest.、Uh, it is the same、um, as I've drank in the past, which actually means it probably came from the same twelve pack、uh, from、uh, many a moon ago. <laughs> How about you, Hunter? Nice.、Um, well, I have some Lai Tang Yuan. Uh, which are、uh, rice balls、uh, that are traditionally eaten as glutinous rice balls with a kind of sesame, sweet coconut filling.、Mm. Um, are they desserts? They are,、uh, yeah, they're they're traditionally eaten around like New Year's,、uh, their New Year's festival, as kind of like a sweet snack.、Um, there's kind of a cool story behind the recipe. I have this、uh, recipe book. This old guy named Mister Lai,、um, he he started selling these on the street and then eventually opened a restaurant and became very famous and now they're eaten、uh, throughout China. But、um, yeah, so I'm gonna eat one of these.、Uh, and in my glass, I have、um, rushui, which is、uh, just hot water,、um, because in China generally they don't really drink cold water;、uh, they drink it warm.、Uh, Or as tea, but this is gonna fill my mouth up for like two minutes. So、uh, you can introduce、uh, the story for our、uh, English-speaking listeners. <laughs> yes, yes,、uh, Hunter. I'm getting a weird sense of deja vu. It's <laughs>、mm. our second、Wonder、time、why. recording this. <laughs> We forgot to hit record the first time. Yeah,、uh, thankfully, we only made it about like thirty minutes in. <laughs> yeah, just half an hour. <laughs> But today we're bringing a novel called "To Live"、um, before us by Yu Hua,、um, and Hunter will correct my pronunciation later.、Um, but this is the story of a storyteller who is traveling throughout rural China and gathering the stories of of everyday people, and he bumps into an old man tilling his field with his ox named Fu Gui, and. He talks with Fugue for hours and hours and hours, and this is Fugue's story um, from um, the beginning of his life up till then,、uh, close to the end. And we will share more of what happens in this story as time goes on,、um, because this is not just a one-part episode. This is, in fact, going to be a two-part episode,、um, and in our second part,、um, when it comes out, we are going to be discussing not only the second part of this book,、uh, this novel, but we will also be discussing the film that came out just around the same time that this novel came out. A few years、um, after, and we'll tell, yeah, we'll tell you that story、uh, when we get to the film.、Um, but that's that's the story we're going to be talking about today. Uh, if you didn't catch it at the beginning, Hunter 
uh, opened us up with uh, Mandarin. Um, um, welcome to our podcast. And um, with that, uh, as is usual, Hunter, um, what are you raising a glass or pouring one out for this week? Um, uh, this, this might be a story exception within a story exception because I just said something like this. <laughs> And um, now I'm saying it again, and I am raising a glass to stories uh, within this <laughs> podcast about stories and the storytellers that shape us, <laughs> um, because uh, I have found that a great way to uh, wrangle a toddler uh, is to tell stories uh, and be creative, and it can really transform uh, what might have been a pour one out moment uh, into a uh, raise a glass moment. Um, I was playing, brought him to the playground earlier today and he didn't really want to leave, but we had to go because I was really hungry uh, and it was lunchtime (laughs) and he had to have his nap soon. Uh, And what could have been a power struggle uh, as often happens around two and three years of age, um, I started pretending that he was floating away and then I had to grab him. So I picked him up and was like, you're floating, you're floating. I have to get you to the baby magnet in the car. Mm. So then we floated all the way to the car where I strapped him into the baby magnet. I said, whew, God, God, you're safe. God, you didn't float away. Uh, and it was really, he loved it. It was a lot of fun. Uh, so stories, uh, and I'm, I'm pouring one out for, uh, for getting to hit the record button. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, nice glass, uh, <laughs> I don't see how people could like redo the same type of conversation multiple times. Like, we clearly can't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What about you? Uh, Hunter, I am um, going to pour one out just for the, the challenges of life. Um, obviously, uh, we just had a small snafu. Um, and there are much larger things happening, um, both yeah. in our lives, um, lives of those we love, our world. I'm just thinking about those in Syria and Turkey right now, um, responding to another um, huge earthquake, um, thankfully less intense than the previous one, but it just uh, feels like a dark time. Um, yeah. And, and sometimes it just gets me down. Even though I know we have hope in the midst of it. Um, but I am raising a glass to seeds. I got about three dozen packs of seeds. So I'm going to start everything mm-hmm. from um, tomatoes and peppers to eggplant, huckleberry, um Many stories about this to come. I'm sure many a raise a glass moment. Um, mm. Hopefully, not too many pour one out ones in the uh, coming episodes. Um, and and Hunter, I know there's something that you want to share, and it's it's your news to share uh, prior, yeah. before we dive into our story. Yeah, uh, uh, my wife and I are um, expecting a baby before the end of this month. 
So, <laughs> so the podcast is going to go on a little hiatus uh, <laughs> after this episode, I think, and I'm going to enjoy the new little miracle. Uh, with are you going to go on PFL podcast free life? <laughs> that was a little uh, parenting, uh, yeah, state money tax whatever. Anyway. Um, when we come back, we are going to have, uh, many more, a few more stories for you. Um, and if you have thoughts of stories you want us to share or stories you would love to share or ways that you would like to kind of give your thoughts to, to this podcast, uh, feel free to reach out to us. Let us know. Um, I want to give a small shout out right now to, uh, Kyle. Uh, if you're listening to this episode, I know I told you earlier today that you would have nothing no ideas what this particular story was about. Um, so I have no idea mm. if you're actually listening to it, but I appreciate you. Um, and maybe uh, we'll see you on the, on the, the show sometime. Um, I loved your idea you threw out earlier today. So uh, stick it up here. All right. So Hunter, let's start off at the beginning. Um, not at the story, that is, but of why you are bringing this story to live before us today um what's up so i uh the first time i encountered uh to live uh, i was studying abroad in china Uh, i majored in chinese language and literature Uh, and uh during our uh, immersion program our teachers uh, we might had a break or something um uh, but they and they want like a more relaxed assignment or something, which is rare because that was not a relaxed program. Um, <laughs> learned a lot of Chinese, uh, but pretty drinking through a Yeah, pretty much. Um, but I, I I loved my time over there, and they they showed us this movie, and I never forgot it. Um, I didn't watch it again until like one or two years ago. And then, and it was everything I remembered it was. Um, And then I read the book um, a a couple summers ago, I think. Mm. And um, the book is different. Um, I think that the, it it has a more uh, focused theme Mm. than the movie does, but they generally show the same theme which is uh the value of life uh fu Gui is goes through so much in his life he lives through the uh the nationalist party and the communist uh, party war for control of china uh he's conscripted into the army survives comes back home lives through the great leap forward and the cultural revolution. Uh, and then even after that, and, you know, he has so much taken away and, uh, this is actually a quote from Uhua. He, he says that, you know, even though Fu Gui throughout different points in the story, he has very little reason to live, um, you know, from deaths that happen around him and just where his, mm-hmm. what happens to him. Um, but he has more respect for life uh, mm. than mm. any of Yuhua's other characters. Um, 
and this this book it really t- to me to give kind of a broad overview and what it means to me is it it shows the value of it shows you what's really important <laughs> in your life mm. which is which is the value of your own life uh and the value of the ones you love and what's really worth uh striving for and and holding on to yeah and and also in a broader context um this book i think is also i i never i always wanted to bring it on the podcast but i never thought it would really be uh topical but um with covid and the rise of uh hate crimes and um stereotypes that a lot of americans have about asian people and chinese people and uh the stuff with the weather balloons spy balloons um stuff happening right now yeah this this book and movie this story really really illustrates that no matter what uh governments are doing in in countries if you go to the country and you talk to the people uh no matter where you go uh that people are most of them are, are like you and me um and they're just trying to live mm-hmm. well and to make the most of their life and right to that uh, yeah in their relationships it was uh That that little bit kind of sticks with me, Hunter, because um, my work, a large part about it is challenging um, Americans to view refugees and other immigrants as fellow humans, hmm. and even more specifically towards Christians to challenge the viewpoint of what does it mean like to love our neighbors and to lift up the dignity that's inerrant in all people because we're made in the image of God. And I know the story doesn't get into that, um, but that to me is a huge, a huge piece of, of what I do and kind of who I am. And um, I, I didn't connect that to this book at all while I was going through it, but um, I did to what you just shared. So, yeah, uh, I mean that—that's what it means to me. There's multiple points in the book where uh, you know Fugue says, "I've got to keep living." You know, when he's conscripted by the army uh, and the nationalist army, he. And there's there's more bullets than rice, and no mm. one cares about the bullets because there's so many bullets, and that they have, like mm-hmm. have to sleep on them and uh, stuff, and they just but they just want rice, and and when Eventually, he survives, cares about the rice, yeah, right. <laughs> there's nothing to burn to heat up the water to cook the yeah. rice, yeah. Uh, and after he survives that, he just he just says, "I've got to keep living. I've got to get back to my family." Um, definitely is a a 
character that is worth following for this story. Yeah. Uh, even if he's not a likable character for most or all or any or, you know, I'm sure different people have different views on that. Um, he's, he's a character that's worth following um, and has some, I mean, has wisdom to share. Yeah, I um I liked I liked Fuguay on this on the second read more, I think, just because uh on the first read, even though I knew kind of what was gonna happen, they still changed things from the movie. Uh they reduced the number of deaths in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um so it's kind of a, a little bit it's kind of a different experience, even though they have very similar themes. Um I, I was so invested in, in what happens to his family, I think, that mm. I didn't really focus on Fugue as a character as much mm-hmm. as, um, you know, the things that he could have done better, <laughs> maybe. Um, but yeah. but on the second read, kind of knowing what was coming, it gave me a little more space to think about <laughs> Fugue himself and um, Yuhua mentions the the storyteller when he meets Fugue, um he he sees him as just another one of the old men who are around china who start crying for no reason uh and then you ask them and they can't really tell you why they were crying mm-hmm. um and he thought Fugue was kind of no different from them um of these other men that he had had met but he realized later on uh, he says that um Fugue was special because Fugue was interested in his life and his life experiences and what they meant. And not many of the people that uh the narrator, the the wandering story collector met were. Um and he brings up at one point that's a, a luxury to be able to, you know, think about your life. Um mm-hmm that is often only afforded to people in financial poverty in financial without financial poverty. Right. Um, to be able to take the time to have enough mental energy mm-hmm. <laughs> to reflect. Uh, I think he brings up at one point. Yeah. Um, well, Hunter, I'm, I'm realizing, um, there's so much of this story that we want to share about that if we start talking through the story, we are going to just keep talking. Mm-hmm. And I think that instead of doing that, I would like to spend more of this episode uh, in the few minutes we have left talking about more overall impressions and um, kind of larger themes and thoughts we have on this story. Mm-hmm. Um, and what it makes us think about, because I think the story itself necessitates time to walk through it. Um, and so almost in many ways, this, this kind of episode is the, um, why it shaped us or how it shaped you. <laughs> and the next episode will be the how, prove, prove it yeah. <laughs> proving ground, you know, okay. walking through those pieces of it. Is that okay with you? Yeah, that's all right. I, I think that's good. Um, that I've been trying to read this in Chinese. Uh, so that's one way it's shaped me. Um, yeah. Well, and the first time you listened to it, it was in Chinese, right? 
Yeah, the first time I saw the movie, uh, it was I didn't have English subtitles. Uh, they they showed character and um, opinion uh, subtitles, but uh, no English. So I understood maybe fifty to sixty percent of what mm-hmm. was said. Uh, the accents are kind of hard. Um, <laughs> it's well, one thing I want to share about uh, Chinese language is this kind of tangentially related, but I think is really cool is that um, uh, most of the people in China, uh, their first language is not Mandarin. Uh, okay. There are hundreds of dialects spoken in China throughout the different provinces. Sometimes even within provinces, there are multiple dialects. And we, we say the term dialect, um, and we think like, oh, kind of like a different accent. But in this context, the, the like a Chinese dialect is really like another language entirely. Mm. Like two people who speak uh, a different dialect in China cannot understand each other if they just speak their dialects. Um, they speak Mandarin, and they all learn Mandarin in order to talk to each other because that's the official language of the Chinese uh, country. But uh, there's there's hundreds of dialects uh, in China. Um, is is it, sorry, is Mandarin also then like, for lack of better words, like a simplified version of these dialects, or is it a completely different? Is it like German versus French type, or is that just um, not even an appropriate type of comparison? To my I mean, line. more or less. I mean, I guess I guess you could make that comparison. Uh, I would I would say more like Spanish and French. Um, okay, so they're related. Yeah, the, I mean, like, but that doesn't mean this is my armchair other. language theorist knowledge. <laughs> um, but like, essentially, if you have a people group that all speak the same language and they spread out over a large area, eventually people farther apart will start speaking other languages because languages mm-hmm. transform through uh, yeah. what's called semantic drift. Um, and I'm getting this from uh, uh, the story of the human language. Great courses. Uh, if you want great to know the source. Courses. Yeah. Where, where an actual linguist uh, kind of goes through stuff. It's absolutely fascinating. Um, Not a philologist though. So sadly ransom wasn't there. Yeah. Well, there's throw back to out of the silent planet. <laughs> <laughs> Paralanda. I don't know where that came from. I'm sorry. Please continue. It's okay. Uh, I wasn't really going to go. Languages change. Yeah, languages change. Um, But reading it in, uh, to get back to the the novel, as a writer, it's been really uh, fascinating to like, try and read something written uh, read chinese prose because when i was studying mm. chinese i read a lot of like more academically geared uh chinese content like you know news articles or okay yeah you know, information about like divorce rate or chinese culture or like starbucks uh you know, <laughs> <Xingbaka>. um <laughs> that's starbucks in chinese but um I when I when I started reading this, I was wondering like, am I ever gonna be able to read like good Chinese prose? You know, because like mm. 
like like for someone studying English, like okay, maybe you can read some news stories and stuff, but like reading Hemingway is a totally different experience um, in English. And when I when I started reading this, I was like, okay, I think I found it, <laughs> um, mm. and it's just really uh, beautiful because the the Chinese language is a um, you know, it, the written language is, is characters and they don't, you don't, you don't spell anything. They're all just characters. So each word, like, uh, the word sun, you know, you wouldn't, you don't write S U N there's no components or anything. You just write mm-hmm. the character kind of like drawing a little picture for sun, uh, just Ru. And, um, which means that like, and, 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 characters are kind of made up more complex characters are made up of like radicals. So like the character for sun can be in a bunch of other different characters that are more complex. So one of like the really fascinating things about reading this in Chinese is like, I I have to look things up. I have a little dictionary Mm -hmm. on my Kindle that I can look things up, but um, imagine if you have a sentence like, he came to a cool running river. In Chinese, imagine if imagine if the word for river, when you looked at the word river, you mm-hmm. felt like you were looking at a uh, a almost a visual representation of a river. It's like if you okay. actually looked at the word, you can you can you can kind of get impressions from the radicals. Uh, as you're reading it and it's just it's so cool it's like i think some people might think that if you're trying to to be a writer of the of the english language it might hurt you to study other languages or something like that Mm -hmm. or like it's not really worth it and i think that's that's total bogus um because like studying another language can help you realize what english is good at and what is not good at chinese can be so efficient and uh, communicate so much like imagery and impressions um, in, in such a short, just like, you know, five or six little characters. They're much shorter than words. Um, and, and they're very quick. You know, they're all like one syllable. Um, and, and English is just really not an efficient language. <laughs> it's, <laughs> um, it's pretty hodgepodge and 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 to be like i love english of course uh it's my native tongue and it's it's beautiful it's it's like beautiful and ugly at the same time um and it's it it's noble and uh vile uh, all all at once but um hunter i have a, actually that raises a question um it wasn't going to be the top question i asked but this is a pretty vile book um, and it's very blunt. Fugue's character in English is very blunt. He swears a ton. Um, I was mm. not prepared for that. And so oh. part of the reason it took me a long time is because I couldn't listen to it with my son in the room. And so at about quadrupled or quintupled the length of time it took me to get through it. Um, oh, because you were listening to it. Yeah, I didn't realize and, that. And uh, it's a very aggressive in in mandarin is it is this a good translation from what you've read it's a good is, translation um 
there is beauty in in the translation language uh but it's it's very sparse and like yuhua is very very blunt uh even for chinese um but i guess virginia wolf once said about reading uh russian writers in english is that we have read them without their clothes on uh, mm. because we have stripped them of their native language we have stripped them of style of subtle inflections of mm -hmm. lots of things that we don't get when we're reading it in a translation and i think that's true for this um maybe for me because i've studied chinese i can see the language behind it a little bit when i'm reading it in english um and and more because i've i've started trying to read it in chinese um so maybe it 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 comes across even more blunt um if you haven't really studied chinese um but yuhua i think even among uh chinese people in in, in china he has a reputation as being uh more blunt and um i think one one person one reviewer has said about him because because yuhua used to be a dentist um <laughs> one guy said that uh you know, Yuhua is so cruel to his characters. One can only imagine the tortures that his patients <laughs> undergone uh, in his dentist chair. <laughs> so is the storyteller in this story Yuhua? Is that, is that the idea? Are we to understand that the guy traveling around is Yuhua himself? I'm sure there's a lot of Yuhua in him, but... Uh, I don't think it's meant to be actually okay. Hua. Yeah. So it kind of leads me a different point, uh, Hunter. I we've talked about this book for a while, um, and wanting to do it with the with the movie, um, which we will at some point um, in our next episode. Um, I listened to this book. Um, because that's the way in which I had time to um, to work through it, and I honestly have not. I've not. My my knowledge of Chinese literature is <laughs> sparse, uh, <laughs> as 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 to say it's it's practically nothing. But it is not nothing. Um, I've read different, some different religious pieces. I've read um, quite a few Buddhist Buddhist texts and. Um, I mean, anyways, um, this book made me angry, um, <laughs> multiple points. Um, it made me, uh, want to stop reading it at many times. Um, it frustrated me. Um, it led me down to expect one thing and then kind of gave me another thing. Um, it was also very clearly well-written, um, which is not by any means uh, contradictory <laughs> or mutually exclusive <laughs> to any of those things I shared. And I, by at the end of it, I understood how Fugue, you know, to live kind of like works as a title for him and is, is, is 
holding on to life. Um, but I don't think I got that for much of the story, um, which might have been my own you know, misunderstanding of it, I'm sure, clearly. Many parts were, and, and I'm, I'm excited to watch the film because I think that'll give another kind of lens through which I can see this. Um, but yeah, I, I, I didn't particularly enjoy this one. Um, and, and I know it'll be one of those books like many of the ones we read. Um, it seems to be the higher the quality of a book, the, um, like the more it can handle scrutiny in conversation, mm. the more I like it by the end of our conversation. Mm. Um, but I almost felt like this book needed like, trigger warnings on it. Like, hey, mm. don't get attached. Um, hey, everything's crappy. Um, and my copy says, a work of astounding emotional power um, by a different author. I wrote that on the top. And like, it is astounding emotional power um and it's also introducing me to a culture i don't really know um and i i appreciated the blunt honesty of fugue um but that didn't mean i was happy <laughs> while i read it i mean i think like yeah it's it's Yuhua is incredibly brutal. Uh, and when we meet Fugue, he's alone. Uh, so the, it, it essentially it kind of gives the story away when Fugue is narrating his life, um, <clears throat> but it never really says it explicitly. Uh, and I don't know. I think I I want to apologize that I didn't give you enough of a warning, I guess, because I have had this story in, in my head so long, uh, and have formed my own opinions and interpretations. I didn't really think about what it would be like to, you know, read this for the first time and get hit with it, uh, for the first time, especially in the book. Cause the book is, is even, is more brutal than the, than the movie. Um, having read the book a couple times, when you have more space to, and when you know it's going to happen and you're not as like reading it, it's really hard for me, at least the first time it was really hard to put down because mm. you want to know what happens. Um, and, but once you are like kind of less invested in just finding out what happens, which I think is probably a cultural thing. I feel like a lot of our popular stories and things are just about finding out what happens, you know, mm. good plot, which you know, yeah, has its merits uh, as a, as a storytelling method. But there are many other ways to tell stories and ways that stories, you <laughs> to know, the lighthouse. Yeah, you know, and, and as far as like the point of telling a story and and all of that, um, and once you kind of step back from that and view it more as a whole, uh, as I as I tried to the second time around. I found a lot of beauty in his descriptions of the countryside, um, in the interactions between Fugue and his family. I mean, you know, distinctly, I have in my head right now the image at the end of 
when the storyteller is talking to Fugue and Fugue tells him what happens to his last family member. Um, uh, Yuhua mentions a peasant going by with a bamboo pole and the bamboo pole is squeaking, you know, just a peasant uh, walking past with the pole squeaking. And Fugue himself is very peaceful. The countryside is, is very peaceful. There's a lot of uh, beautiful imagery um, from the countryside. Um, so Yuhua has said that a lot of this was based on, on some of his experiences uh, growing up during the Cultural Revolution. Mm-hmm. I think he maybe made them a little more extreme, but uh, he, he ha- has noticed a lot of details about um, the people who are living in this time. And he has a lot of love uh, for them and for um, China itself. Mm-hmm. And this was not a, an easy time to live. No. And that was also part of my just lack of knowledge of history. Um, actually, <laughs> I have a potentially weird question for you. Um One of the questions, one of the things I've been thinking about in understanding that Fugue's story kind of represents like the life of a person in the midst of the narrative of a story, like a, you know, of history, really mm-hmm. his story in the in history, um, and the way he interacts with it, it it made me wonder uh, the ways in which this story could be like Forrest Gump. Um, in that Forrest Gump is a story, you know, obviously a very different type of emotional story, different, you know, in many ways, very different story, but it's, it's a story of a person interacting like without, you know, I mean, they're, without their knowledge, own knowledge or purpose, well, you know, purposefulness in the history and the way that these huge events impacted one life, um, and obviously that's much more an Americanized cinematic cinematic piece. Um, but this story purposefully captures an incredibly changing <laughs> the time of incredible change in in China. And mm. it I, I I think this even just the idea of um a chicken turning into a goose, turning <laughs> into a goat, yeah. turning into an ox. Yeah. Um, I missed one step. But um like and then becoming a goose and then becoming a chicken, then the chicken disappearing it which is a mm-hmm. story kind of that is kind of repeated throughout this. Um I don't know, it, it was just making me think about um a little bit about that same type of narrative that Forrest Gump was going for. What do you think about that? Uh, you kind of gave me a little scoff and uh, when I brought it up. Yeah, I mean, Forrest Gump is, is more of a comedy. I think yeah, it's a and, and I'm not comedy talking about drama. This. Yeah. Totally. Um, and, I mean, the movie has a lot of comic moments in it, actually. Um, well, that's encouraging. <laughs> yeah. It's not. It's not a funny book. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's really not. Um, some of the things Fugue says are kind of funny. Um, like he has all these little sayings that he 
Um, it says most of them are kind of uh, kind of dirty jokes. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Doesn't mean they're not funny though. Totally. Um, here's one, for, I guess, from the end. In my younger days, I wandered amok. At middle age, I wanted to stash everything in a trunk. And now that I'm old, I've become a monk. You're right. That is funny. And yeah. Poetic. Um, yeah. And I, I see where you're, what you're, what you're going for. And I guess, yeah, that comparison is valid. Um, I just feel like when I think about Forrest Gump, I think about absurdity and, uh, which is is a device, very totally. very and, valid and I, device. I, and I agree, and and I, I'm not I'm not thinking the tone, and I'm not yeah. thinking the the type of story or even the mode in which the story is told, but mm-hmm. the decision of who to focus on and what time period to focus on. Like I I, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think of a good example of something that I've read or, or seen. In my own life, for those who haven't watched it or read this, which I'm guessing is most of our uh, listeners, yeah. um, like to help kind of give an idea of, of what it is. Because it's not like Saving Private Ryan, right? It's Saving Private mm-hmm. Ryan if it was, you know, preceded by the Great Depression and, you know, yeah. and following it, you know, was all of a sudden, you know, living in, yeah. you know, it's, 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 I haven't it's read so it. much of history. But maybe like Gone with the Wind or um, Roots, okay, uh, or something like that. that. That's it's kind of like a family saga, um, and the you know the book is very much Fugue's story primarily, uh, but it tells his family. And the movie gives more time for Jia Jia Jen, his Fugue's wife, to be uh, more of a main character with mm. Fugue. Um, and the, the actor who plays her is, is actually absolutely amazing. She's been in a lot of other stuff. Um, and, uh, the, the guy who plays Fugue is, is really good too. He was actually a comedy actor, not a drama actor. So, but it, it, he really does a fantastic job. Um, as Fugue. Uh, I guess the thing with, I, I think that is definitely, they have similarities, I guess the difference in my mind is that when I think about Forrest Gump, I'm not really sure if it's trying to say anything. Like, mm. I'm not really sure if the movie even knows what it's going for. Um, doesn't mean like there's not a lot mm-hmm. there. Of course there yeah. is. It's Forrest Gump. But I feel like To Live has a much more um, clear theme uh, yeah. and and yuhua has more of a hold on what he wants to represent with fugue's story that makes sense it fugue is a character that when you meet him he has a like driving reason for his life yeah and the driving theme in his life and everything that he tells ends up coming back to that theme even though you don't really realize it mm-hmm yeah, or at least I didn't realize it until I got most of the way through the story. Yeah. Yeah, I I um I feel like we're probably reaching the the end of our 
time. If we want to make this a shorter episode, I have one thing I think we can end on. Great. Uh, I'd love to. It's something that I've been thinking about a lot lately and also a lot while I was reading this for the second time, Um, which is about how hard life can be. And Hmm. I think that in America, in the middle class and up, we can sort of convince ourselves that, that life is, is, is going to be fun and games the whole time. Uh, and we could amuse ourselves with endless games and movies and, and whatever. Uh, and, you know, but then again, I think if you go and ask people, have you had an easy life? They're probably going to say no. Um, and, you know, reading this book, like really, you know, Fuguay starts out with a pretty easy life. He, he's a, he's in the mm-hmm. gambling house, the house of Ching. He can do whatever he wants. Gambling away and whatever. And then the rest of his life is, uh, in Chinese, you'd say hanyo tonku, which is like bitter. It's very bitter and hard and full of poverty and death. And we we have hard lives. Uh, but in this book, it is really taken to an extreme. Mm-hmm. And you can see the hardships that he's gone through. And it really makes you question, at least for me, it, it made me realize, you know, more clearly what I really valued in life and what I wanted and what was the most important thing to me. Because I I think over the years as I've grappled with, uh, you know, after graduating the college named after a father, uh, without a father, got a lot farther, um, grappling with, with the question of Ecclesiastes, which is what does it all mean? Mm. You know, and you find out more and more is vanity, <laughs> more and more the things I thought I wanted. Once I get them, they're just vanity. Um, but in the end, life is its own end. And this book really distills that down to show, I believe it shows that that living is is its own end it is own it's its own miracle worth protecting no matter how difficult or uh you know full of bitterness it is fugue is you know uhua says that that fugue out of all of his characters um even though fugue has has probably the least reason for living mm. fugue himself has the most respect for life uh, has the utmost yeah. respect for it. And to me, that's that's really the thrust of this book. Um, and it, it does it in this period of Chinese history where life was just trampled on um, by the government, by politics, mm-hmm. by just yeah. hardship and famine. And, and, uh, and yet the people endure and... and we endure and life endures. And that's a good thing. (laughs) That it is.
that it is. Andrew, thank you for bringing this to us this week. And I look forward to connecting with you uh, in on our next episode, uh, whenever that may be. And yeah, um, I'm very excited for the many things that will happen in between. So uh, signing off for uh, a short season. Uh, mm-hmm. And we will uh, see you soon. Zaijian. Where go?